Friend, I am so excited because today we're talking about student loan debt. Today, I'm chatting with Nika Booth. She's an award-winning debt expert, personal finance content creator, and the founder of Debt Free Gonna Be. She's currently on her own journey to slay her six-figure debt and has paid over $75,000 so far. Nika created Debt Free Gonna Be as a way to document and share her journey, and she teaches others how to manage their money and pay off debt as well without sacrificing fun. And you know I'm all about crushing those goals without sacrificing your lifestyle. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey there, and welcome to the Saving Wiz podcast. I'm your host, Gina Zachariah. I'm a wife, mom of two, personal finance educator, and the OG Saving Wiz. I'm here to help you navigate this world of money so you can afford a life you love. Together, we'll break down dense money topics and translate them into easy to digest action steps so you can easily implement them into your life right after every episode. Grab your favorite drink and let's chat about money. Hey, Nika, how are you? I'm good, Gina. Thanks for having me here. I am so happy to have you because this is such a big topic for a lot of people. And I know that debt comes in so many forms and so many people think that there are some debt that's okay to have forever. And so I'm so (laughs) glad to have you here so we can talk about this. So for the people that may not know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your debt story? Absolutely. I am Nika Booth. I am an award-winning personal finance content creator, more recently coined debt expert, and I am on my journey to tackle my own six-figure debt. I started my debt-free journey in September of 2018, and unfortunately, a few months after that, I found myself being caught up in the federal government shutdown. I don't know if you remember that, but the government was like shut down for like 30 five days. And I can honestly say that that was probably one of the most uncertain and terrifying times that like I experienced because like, all right, I finally got serious about tackling my debt and I'm I'm on the right track. I paid off a couple of my smaller, you know, credit card balances and then boom. And I don't know when I'm going to get paid, how much I'm going to get paid because I was still working full time, but I was receiving partial pay. And it's like, you know, is the universe trying to tell me I'm not supposed to get out of debt? Like, (laughs) should I just give up again? You know, but you know, I knew what that felt like and it never got me anywhere, you know, starting and stopping, starting and stopping. And so I weathered through it, but definitely uncertain times. And once the furlough was over and we received our retroactive pay, I like hit the ground running, tackling my debt. So the furlough ended in January of 2019. And after that, I said, never again. Like I hit the ground running. I never wanted someone to have so much control over my income, my ability to take care of myself and pay my bills. And that's when I started Debt Free Gonna Be, actually, to document and kind of just share my debt-free journey, you know, for anybody who was of like mind, who was woman, who was a person of color, who, you know, kind of, you know, was also in debt, but wanted to do something about it. So I was doing great on the journey up until about summer of 2019. So I had these back taxes, right? I had these tax returns that I hadn't filed for like two years for both state and federal. Anyone listening, don't do what I did. (laughs) Um, 
And I, I said, okay, you're on a debt-free journey, right? You've been transparent. You're sharing all the debt that you owe, the mistakes that you made that kind of led you into this debt. You've got you've, you've, you've to face you know, your outstanding taxes too. And I hired someone, which I highly recommend when you are struggling with taxes. And initially the bill came out to like $17,000. But when the bills actually came in from the state and, and the IRS with penalty and interest attached to it, it was $21,946.35. I will never forget this wow. number. If, if I was someone who like played the lotto, you know how like sometimes like there are these numbers that come up and people are like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to play that number. Or I'm going to, you know, I will never forget that amount. And it was, it was earth shattering. It, it felt like a gut punch because I had already paid off by then I had paid off about $16,000, including my car, mostly credit card debt. And this tax bill put me over my original starting debt. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like, again, one more sign, (laughs) just say it universe, just say it. Like, it just felt like one more sign that I wasn't going to be able to get out of debt. You know, I almost quit actually, but I I picked myself up, kind of worked it into my debt repayment plan. Like I would anything else. And I'm sitting here, you know, with you today, having paid off $75,000 since starting, I am out of credit card debt. I'm out that that outstanding tax debt is done. My car is paid off. And the only thing standing in my way now, which is still six figure of debt, but it is my student loans. That is wonderful. First of all, I can't even imagine the stress you would have been in to (laughs) have all of that happen. And you're on your debt-free journey and you're thinking, okay, I'm making, you know, positive moves and I'm seeing progress. And then all of a sudden you get hit with this tax bill and you're like, what just happened? I went back to square one. That alone sometimes can really stop. Like you were saying, you almost quit. Mm -hmm. A lot of people probably feel the same way where it's like, they think that this debt journey is going to be, you know, just smooth or at least progressive every step of the way. And sometimes there are ebbs and flows that kind of make you have to adjust and rethink and replan how you're going to do it. And I, I love that at the end of the day, right now, as it stands, you're at 75,000 paid off. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it, it was definitely stressful. And I mean, you said it, you know, life isn't linear, you know? So I think it's important for us to keep that in mind, but kind of have a plan or, you know, kind of have some tools in our toolbox for us to like weather and navigate all the things that life will throw at us because it will always throw something at us. For sure. (laughs) Now I know many people look at student loans because you're saying what you have right now is just currently student loans, right? Yeah, absolutely. So many people look at that and think, oh, well, student loans are not that big of a deal. They're kind of a normal pathway. I have to get my degree and I don't have the money to pay for my schooling. So I'm going to get a student loan. And because the interest rates are so low, most people are like, well, it's not a big deal. I can just, you know, pay them off the payment that they give me. That's what I'm going to make. And Mm -hmm. that's totally fine. What are your thoughts on that? So I've got some mixed feelings about it, actually. And and I wrote a blog post. It's one of my first blog posts that talks about my biggest money regret and it being my student loans. But it's not to take away the education that I have or that anyone has, right? And the experience that going to college gives people. But what I do think is that there's not enough education 
financial education, like financial literacy, right? Before we sign that promissory note, before we take on the burden and the obligation of repaying this debt, when we graduate, uh, hoping we graduate, right? Because there are people who are in student loan debt, but they never received their degree. So I, I agree, student loans are a means for a lot of people, especially people of color, to access higher education. But there is a problem with the system that allows people to borrow and borrow and borrow, especially as tuition costs have risen over 169% over the last decade, that then these people are, when they're done, they either can't get the jobs that they were guaranteed, right? To make the money to be able to repay this debt. So they're struggling and they're having to make life decisions. And there's, you know, a lot of evidence out there that people have had to postpone lifestyle events like you know getting married having children owning a home because they're so like suffocating with student loan debt so i think that we need to educate ourselves around the current system and there are changes being proposed to it but i think we need to understand what that means for us and then definitely know how much we need know if we need these degrees that we're going to school for right because a lot of time we're working in jobs that we didn't even need the degree for, right? And yes. we're not using it, right? But we're still paying off this debt. Like it's, it's to yes. me, it's similar, although, you know, they're, they're not the same type of debt, but it's like financing a new car. And five years later, you're still paying on this car, making the same car payment, but they've come out with five different iterations since then. And it's way fancier than the car that you have. But because Mm -hmm. you've signed on to take this debt on for 60 months or however long the loan terms are, it's similar. It's the same thing. It's it's having a degree that you're not using or finding that the career of your dreams didn't require the education that you have now accrued debt for. So that's my take on student loans. Student loans are a very hot topic and I'm, I'm actually pretty passionate about it, but uh, that's my take. So it's not to say don't get student loans, but just understand what it means for you and, and have a plan in place for repaying your loans. That is so powerful. And I love that you address the front end of student loans because a lot of people don't do that. They think, okay, well, let's talk about repayment, but really it's the front end of when you are practically a teenager yeah. signing <laughs> these loans. And what I find really astonishing is that many of many times, these student loans don't have a cap. So they, they never tell you there's a max that you can get on your loan. It just, whatever you need, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. And then you're, you have six figures of debt and you're like, Mm -hmm. how in the world am I going to pay this off? And like you said, if you don't end up landing the job that you thought you were going to get out of school, which a lot of us are dreamers. When we go to school, we think we're going to come out and make six figures, which never happens or most of the time ever happens. (laughs) So it can be such a struggle. And I would love for you to talk more in along the lines of if someone was to be able to get to a place where it's time for them, that they want to start really tackling their student loans and they're done. They want to get rid of these student loans for good. Mm -hmm. What are some things that they can do to repay their loans maybe quicker? Is it creating a budget, you know, cutting back on their spending? Is there something else that they can do within the system or outside of the system that would help 
Yeah, absolutely. So you hit on two very big things. And I always start there, right? I always start with understanding where your money is coming from and where it's going. And that means getting on a, I prefer written budget because you're just more likely to follow through with it if you actually write it down and cutting, right? And then cutting unnecessary expenses, right? And it's not to say to deprive yourself, but it is to say like, your money should be going to where you say it matters, right? So if you say you want to get out of debt, that means aside from saving, aside from maybe contributing to your retirement, paying your regular household bills and living expenses, you should be prioritizing extra debt payments because if you don't make a plan for it, it's not going to happen, right? So I always start with definitely creating a budget and then all the things that come with that, like cutting expenses, boosting your income. So boosting your income is one way that people can tackle any debt, but definitely student loans. And doesn't mean you have to go out here and get another full-time job or a part-time job working for someone else. I managed to, you know, find extra money by selling stuff in my house uh, on like Mercari, Facebook marketplace. You know, it's like, look at the stuff that's around you it's, it all used to be money. And Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, I had a lot of stuff around me that I bought with money I didn't have. So, you know, instead of it sitting here collecting (laughs) dust, I'm just going to go ahead and see what I can get from it and from the sale of it and then throw it towards my debt. And that's what I did. So that's one way. Another way is to know more about the types of student loans you have. There's student loans have been in the news for probably the, since we've been in a pandemic, right? And there are so many changes and it can be confusing, but there are changes temporary and permanent that have been implemented or being implemented for people, for example, who work in public service like myself. So the Biden administration has made changes to the public service loan forgiveness program that makes attaining forgiveness or getting closer to uh, having loans forgiven easier for people, right? It's important to understand the types of loans you have if, for example, your employer qualifies you for public service and then taking advantage of the programs, the relief programs that already exist. If you don't know the types of loans you have, if they're federal or private, who your loan servicer is, uh, studentaid.gov is a great resource. I point my audience there all the time. It is the foundation of the higher education system. It is where you can find out information about your particular loans. The other way is to actually consider maybe refinancing. I do, you know, call Caution people that if you have federal student loans to consider, you know, weigh the pros and cons because federal loans, I mean, they're all, they're all burdensome, but federal loans have relief and repayment options that private loans don't have. So even though you may get a lower interest rate by refinancing to a private lender, you may be giving up some of the income-driven repayment plans. You would give up the relief that we've been kind of taking advantage of for COVID, right? There, unfortunately, there are people who have still had to pay the interest on their private loans. Mm-hmm. The, you know, they've had to make those loan payments. So that's one thing you kind of give up. But I guess it comes down to, to each individual person where do you want to wait and see what kind of relief comes? Or do you want to take control of your financial future and refinance to a lower interest rate to help you pay off that debt faster? Right. Because it's not just about like waiting for the government to 
rescue you, (laughs) right? Sometimes it's more important that you take better control so that you can actually Go on with the rest of your life. So you can yes. actually not be so shackled you can to actually control, yeah, the outcome of your life and Absolutely. be able to, to get rid of the debt altogether. Because I think that's really important. I remember when I was paying off my student loans, I didn't have that much, but I remember when I was paying them off and I realized, first of all, I don't know what in the world I spent my loans on because yeah. I did not need it at all. Me I either. went to a state school. I had a full ride, a free ride. Yeah. Is a full ride, free ride. Same thing. You didn't pay. (laughs) Yes. I had grants and scholarships. And then they said, you know, you can get a loan. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. And I just signed for it, not knowing Mm. I didn't need to. I didn't need to accept it. I didn't have to. And then I ended up spending it on stupid things. Like I went and ate out with my friends. I'd go buy clothes. I got a new computer. It was like all these things that I totally didn't need. Yeah. (laughs) And then I had like $20,000 of student loan debt that I have no idea. I didn't have anything to show for it. And I just remember repaying them and thinking the same way. I would rather take control over it and make those payments in a way that helps my financial security versus relying on something or someone or the government to rescue me in some way. And I think that's really, really important that it's, it's about taking accountability and taking full control because you get full autonomy in your debt-free journey, your financial journey for the most part. I mean, obviously there are some things that are out of our control, but indeed for the most part, um, being able to plan that out for yourself is very empowering. If you were to turn back the clock when it came to your student loan, what's one oh boy. thing you would do differently? <laughs> I know I what I would do. <laughs> I wouldn't take those suckers out. No, yes. I mean, you know, and, but that, that's the logical, like that's the yeah. easy answer, right? But, but, and, and yes, in a perfect world, I would not have taken out student loans, but right. Being a first-generation college student, a woman of color, my family didn't have the money to send me. I didn't have the resources or the education to know, oh, there are these things like 529 plans, like, you know, and telling my parents, like, hey, you should be saving for my college, right? So there were just, we didn't have access. And so student loans was my only way. And I knew I wanted to go farther. I knew I wanted the education that I got. I knew the only way that I was going to be able to do it was to take out loans. But again, during that time, everyone was saying, oh, this is good debt. It's good debt. It's good debt. Right. And yeah, on the surface it is, but no one is helping me pay it either. Right. You know, the same good debt people, you know, no one's helping me pay it. And it's not just the loans. I also have to pay to live. Right. So knowing that that wasn't my option, I would just, I I wish I had more understanding of what it meant to take out these loans semester after semester, year after year. And I would not have maxed out the disbursement of loans, right? Because if yes. you say you're going to give me 12, I think it was, might've been 12, five per, per semester, 12,500. I can't remember. It's, it's a long time ago, but <laughs> if I, if I didn't take out all of that, I would not be in as much debt, but let me also say, and this is the second thing I would want to do different. I would understand what taking out federal unsubsidized loans mean and capitalized interest. So I owe $133,000 in federal student loans. 20, 30,000 of that is interest. Yikes. 
Correct. For anyone who's not familiar with unsubsidized loans, these are the type of federal loans where your interest continues to accrue and you're responsible for it. On a daily basis. On a daily basis. (laughs) On the other side, though, are the subsidized loans. So if you're in school, you know, the six months after you leave, either, you know, go below uh, part-time or you graduate, the government pays for your interests, right? But what happens with unsubsidized loans, as this interest continues to accrue, it gets tacked on to your loan balance. And then that Total balance now with the accrued interest and your original loan balance now starts to accrue interest. So it's basically interest upon interest upon interest. So much so for years of making loan payments, and mind you, my loan payments, my on a standard repayment plan, I think my loan payment is somewhere near $1,500. I was able mm-hmm. to get it lowered um, just using one of the income-based repayment plans to roughly eight. 850900 Wow. That's my minimum payment. And that minimum payment is, is an interest only payment. So even oh once I make that payment, it, it maybe it might pay a dollar on the principal, but any outstanding interest that that minimum payment doesn't satisfy starts accruing interest the very next day after I make a payment. So, so it's compound interest, it's, it's, but on the opposite spectrum. Correct. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I've described it. Yeah. And that's what makes Insane. that, that plus the fact that tuition costs have risen so much, right? right? And people just have to borrow more or what make this system predatory. Yeah. This is why people had oh, way more than what they originally took out. And actually I shared recently um, on Instagram, a, a statistic that women actually earn, and I'm not talking about black women because that that statistic is even worse. But on average, women owe 10% more after graduating than men do. Whoa. Correct. And that's also because women make less than than our male counterparts. And then we also have to deal with those things like the pink tax, those things that we pay more for that men don't, you know, the entire system needs to be overhauled. So that it has less gender bias, less racial inequities in it. So those are the two major things. So it's just like really understanding what this debt really meant and what it would mean for my future. And then also when I would get those interest statements, because I would get those interest statements, but at the top of the statement, it would say, this is not a bill. So I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have to pay it. And I tossed it to the side or I might've thrown it away, but that interest was accruing and then accrued more interest. It's so scary because student loans seem so harmless on the surface. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't careful, you can find yourself in a really bad predicament of just constantly paying student loans that never actually get paid off. Yeah. It's worse than a credit card bill in many cases, oh, even though so. the interest rate seems lower. So people think it's harmless. Yeah. And I love that you bring that up and the the racial and gender inequality that comes with it, because I think that There is so much that needs to be revamped when it comes Mm -hmm. to student loans. 
just so that we can have our children and future generations not be under piles of debt just in order to get a good quality education. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Thank you for sharing that. I think that it's really, really important. I know that you have a free 30-day financial jumpstart checklist for your peeps. And I'm so thankful that you are giving access to my listeners for this, because I think that anyone who is in the process of trying to kind of figure out their finances and fix their finances, this would be a great way for them to start. I'm going to go ahead and make sure it's linked in the show notes for everyone, but can you tell us a little bit about what's in it? Yes, absolutely. So like you said, it's a checklist. So I always say like, if you want to finally get going with your money, if you want to make progress on your financial goals, you have to take control of your money first. And so this checklist actually mirrors an an actual ebook that I have. It takes you through uh, certain steps within a four week period. So like the first week will be based on budgeting basics and then saving money and then increasing your income and then tackling debt. And so uh, this checklist will give you the tools that you need or tell you what you need to do to take control of your money. It sets that foundation for you. Thank you so much. This was such an awesome chat. I didn't think I could have so much fun talking about student loans. I love it. But it has been such a pleasure hanging out with you and chatting about this. Likewise. Thank you. I'll definitely, if you guys are not following her, you need to follow her on Instagram. Is there somewhere else that they should also be following you? Instagram is the primary place. I'm there pretty much every day, all day long. Um, but you and can she also, drops gems, you guys. All the time. All the time. Thank you. But you can also check out my blog at debtfreegunnabe.com for more. Okay, great. I'm going to make sure to link all of her contact information in the show notes, as well as the freebie. Nika, thank you so much for spending today with me thank and you, hanging Gina. out and talking about this. It's been this. fun. Thank you. <laughs> That's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you leave a review, I'll love you forever. Remember, today is yours. So make it count. I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now.